And it feels really amazing to watch someone lose their mind when they walk into a home that they was falling down around them or, or was a bit of a fixer upper that they couldn't get their arms around. And to know that that whole family now is going to have a different life and different experience based on what you helped create. That's really powerful. Today, we're talking all about how to get on television with Kristen Gisa. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your interior design business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, the podcast specifically designed to accelerate your business through increased social media presence, impactful online content, and translating industry experience into physical success. This is your design business tightly fastened. Now welcome the hosts of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell and Natalie Graff. We'd like to give a shout out to Article and thank them for sponsoring our podcast. Article is an online-only furniture company inspired by mid-century style and Scandinavian simplicity. Run on over and check them out. Wingnut.article.com Hey there, welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I'm your host, Darla Powell, and I'm joined by Stitches McGee, the soulless ginger, or the nag, Natalie and Giraffe. Hello, and Darla, you missed your middle name. You're Darla Powell. I mean, you have had a middle name since the start of Jethro. this podcast. Not since the start, but Jethro, right? Yeah. You know what's really funny story? <laughs> Did we say this before? We may have said this before because menopause is a bitch and my memory is crap. But Luann Nagara of a well-designed business podcast, she kind of got serious with me on a video conference we were doing one day, and she's like, your middle name really Jethro? <laughs> It is not Jethro. <laughs> no, it's really Julia. But I just, it makes me giggle. Well, a good thing it makes you giggle. I know. When I was a, a sergeant for Miami-Dade, my my guys would ask me, hey, what does the J stand for? And I would just say Jethro. And it just kind of stuck, right? It's the little things. Kind of like your nickname, Wingnut. Yeah. Wing- yeah, yeah, that is my nickname. It's, we have a business and a podcast called Wingnut. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's that. Natalie, what's up with that huge strip of stitching there on your shin? Oh, my itchy stitches, because they're definitely itches now. It's like that patch of hair that you miss when you're shaving. You know, you can't shave over them. I'm just saying. Uh, well, you know, the usual ginger, soulless ginger. The gingivitis. Yes. I've got stitches on my shin and in my back for uh, the lovely skin cancer crap. But that's okay, because I am self-medicating here with a lucky Buddha. So a lucky I'm Buddha good. beer, a lucky Buddha beer, and you have some nice glens. Scotch, scotch, scotch. scotch. I, I love scotch. You actually got the oak barrel one this time, thanks to some good friends who hooked us up with that. So you know, I have found that since I have kind of gotten into the whole whiskey situation, that my tastes have elevated. Like I can't do the Jack Daniels so much anymore. It's she can in a pinch. Don't uh, let in her a pinch, <laughs> but but I I, I like scotch. I like legit like scotch. I, I prefer the taste of it. Well, I will keep you well supplied in scotch. <laughs> Thank you very much. Natalie, we have some housekeeping. I know you guys have a webinar. And by you guys, I mean you and our lovely director, Shana Heinersey, are going to do a webinar on June 25th at one o'clock. And webinar is all about how to become an influencer in these ever-changing social media times And you can find everything about this webinar in our show notes, but you can also go to (laughs) wingnutsocial.com slash podcast. That's all going to be in the show notes. Or you can go to the landing page URL and just RSVP directly there. And that is going to be wingnutsocial.zoom.us. 
and you will see all the lovely details there with my mug and Shana Heinrichs. Don't get scared. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie, it's been a hot minute since we've talked about getting on television. The last guest we talked to was Brittany Simon. Was that a year ago? Is it? It's been I a don't while. know. Time flies anymore. I, oh. I, I listen. Speaking of time flying, you know we're like in the hundred and fifty fourth, hundred fifty fifth episode, and we've just kind of let that go by with no fanfare at all. I know. We just kind of <laughs> you, you pointed that out the other day, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, you know, I guess it is what it is. Maybe we should do something special for our two hundredth episode. You know what? Let's see what's happening in the world. <laughs> Let's see yeah. if we are still under a pandemic or a uh, yeah. national emergency for rioting or whatever we could possibly be under. Let's let's just maybe give 2020 uh, some breathing room and see what happens. Natalie, today's guest knows all about getting her clients on television. I know. Do you know one of her clients is actually or was or is? I guess we'll get into the nitty gritty of that. Nate is Burkus. Nate Burkus. Do you know who Nate Burkus is? No. <laughs> a designer on tv there, well how you nailed <laughs> for the ginger you nailed it oh my gosh so she has a lot of experience with getting her clients on television she knows what it takes to get on television to attract the right people and we're going to talk to her about that today but first let me tell you all about Kristen gisa Kristen gisa is a talent manager and executive producer who has sold tv shows to nbc and tlc and product lines into target and hsn that's the home shopping network natalie she has grown her pr and personal branding agency all moxie into a leading talent management and development company Kristen knows what producers and networks want her client roster has included stars of real housewives the bachelor the bachelorette and miss america as well as experts and influencers such as fitness trainers hairstylists, chefs, and last but not least, interior designers. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Kristen Gisa to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Hey there, Kristen Gisa. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. How the hell are you? I am fantastic and I am thrilled to be here. We're thrilled to have you. It's been a hot minute since we've talked about interior designers and a path to television. So you are the girl today. We're going to talk a little bit about what interior designers should be doing on social and their marketing to become appealing to those people on the lookout for the next big HGTV breakout star or whatever format or there that they want to be on. And you're going to help us all with that. Are you game? I am totally game. I'm here for it. (laughs) Okay, awesome. Okay, first of all, I want to fangirl just a little bit. And I understand that you don't currently represent this interior designer, but you did for freaking ever. And that is Nate Burkus. Did you help him get his TV gig? I did. I started with (sighs) Nate before he was on Oprah. And I remember posing him for cover on the Chicago Sun-Times. And it was his first cover. And he had all these big ideas for what he wanted to do in that media experience. And I kind of said, that's great. That's making it all about you. But you're cute. And so they're (laughs) going to want it to be all about you eventually. But right now, it needs to be about my then client Spago. And so we're going to leave it about that. And then they're going to want more of you and they're going to come back for more. One of the key principles of PR, everybody. And um, he listened. And sure enough, they did. And so when I was posing him on the steps of that shoot, I had a flash forward of him being one of my first clients. And I had not even thought about opening my own company at that point. And so when I did start my own company about a year and a half later, I reached out to him and he was just going on the Oprah Winfrey show. He had been booked for the first time. And we went for waffles. 
And he said, you know, I don't need a publicist. And I said, that's great. That must mean that you're already booked again. And he said, no. <laughs> and I said, and you, you know that the ratings went up? And he said, no. And I said, you know that interior design is one of the most talked about topics since you were on? And he said, no. And I said, then it seems like you need me. Maybe I'm mistaken. And so that started off about 16 years together of building the brand, selling it into linens and things, then retooling it for HSN, then securing the opportunity with Target, uh, selling the talk show. It was and is a crown jewel. It might even be the whole crown, the gold foundation of the crown that I feel like I've built in my business because it was one of the best learning maps, schools, universities, places, when you get to hang out at Harpo, you just pick up so much knowledge about what it is to make and be on television. I'm sure full transparency, Natalie is Amish, right? She was raised, not Amish really, but German Baptist. In the intro, I was like, Natalie, do you even know who Nate Berkus is? She's like, no, I'm guessing he's an interior designer on TV. <laughs> and just now when you said that, when you mentioned Oprah, she, she just went, oh, her jaw dropped. So. I do know who Oprah is. Come on now. Easy. <laughs> okay, so I hope that that's gotten the attention of our listeners down there. Okay, so you represented Nate Berkus and got, helped him get started in his television career. So let's just dig right in. What was it that you saw in him early on that made him TV worthy, besides the fact that he's adorable? Well, first of all, the number one thing that you need to learn about television is television, for all of its vanity, is not a vanity project. Of course, we put people on television, it becomes all about them. They become famous, they become known, they can't walk down the street, all of those really crazy, can't pick out a head of lettuce at the grocery store without someone <laughs> saying, hey, aren't you that guy? Or hey, right. aren't you that girl? But yet the exercise of getting on television is not a vanity project. And so a lot of times people come to me and they talk to me about all the things that they want to be on television. And they'll even say things to me like, I'm the next Oprah. I'm the next Nate Berkus. I'm the next this. And they have this idea of exactly what matters to them and why people should care about that. And you need to back that truck up, drop it and reverse it, as Missy Elliott said. <laughs> and you need to start first with what matters most to the people at home. And then how do you fill the shoes that stand in front of that camera? Missy Elliott's my favorite, by the way. Oh. Bonus points. <laughs> and you'll know I didn't get her exact song lyrics correct, but I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> good enough. Good enough. Good enough. But that's one of the biggest problems is that people think it's about them. And it's not. The people that are really successful on television are making it about the audience. You need to really start with what is the audience at home want to see? What is the white space and how am I uniquely skilled to step within that role? And who are the people in my orbit that can be on this program or format with me? Very few shows right now are sold where it's just a solo talent. And so you have to be thinking on all of these different tracks. You have to think beyond yourself. And I think in general, people sometimes have a hard time thinking beyond themselves in that way. You know, I love that how that correlates to the the marketing too, and then creating a story brand, and even creating down to the nitty gritty of creating a tagline because you really want to turn it outward. You don't want to make the hero of the story about you. You want the hero of the story to be about your your client, your observer, the the people that are going to purchase your product. So, how would you suggest an interior designer position themselves on social media to accomplish all those things that you've talked about? 
I think social media is one of the most critical elements of anything that we're all doing professionally. It is really very much so the resume of what exists out in the world. It it feels a little bit like we all have that horrible resume that we would have to go and update it when we were going out for that first job. And then we didn't (laughs) update it for two years. And by the time we went back to it, it was like, oh my gosh, it looks terrible. I got to get this done because now I'm trying to find a new job. That's Instagram or TikTok or whatever your mm-hmm. your platform is that is is reaching your largest audience. But if you leave it like your resume, getting dusty in the back of the drawer, it's never going to work as hard for you. Like a true top-notch executive is always adding to the resume, is always keeping it up to date, is always ready for that call from the headhunter to get picked, to go up for the big job. They're prepared for positions to come to them based on the way that they're positioning themselves within their job marketplace. And it's the same thing with your social media. You can't let it get dusty in a drawer. You need to be actively every day every week, whatever your cycle is, committed to posting and sharing and revealing who you are. You need to find what your rhythm is. And and one of the rhythms that I like to tell people is you have a top nine on Instagram, right? You'll have these three rows and those three rows should tell me exactly who you are in your top nine. You normally get to hit three key points. Like if you're going into a big business meeting, you're going to sell people on three key messages that you want them to take away from you. It's the same in social media. And we boil it down into how you, how to, and how inspired. And whatever your trinity is of those three elements. Maybe you're a designer who's also a mom, who's also a passionate gardener and an outdoors woman. And those three themes are going to be what comes up over and over again. And I'm going to know that by looking at your top nine, because I'm going to see this mixture of who you are played out in this way. And now I'm going to get to experience you as three-dimensional, not just a bunch of room pictures. No one cares. <laughs> okay, so you're basically, I'm going to break this down into the Amish terms, as Darla likes to say, if an interior designer wants to try to grab your attention to grab somebody's attention in the television world, those first nine tiles need to be all encompassing of who you are right down to your personal life a little bit, and what you're into. A lot of designers that we find are very resistant, Kristen, on posting pictures of themselves or even video. How important is it that you, they show their, their mug, that they show a little bit of video on their personality for what we're talking about for this topic? We know it is for the design side. It helps to get clients, helps to build that know, like, and trust. But seriously, if someone's out there with their eyes on the prize to get a television show somewhere, how often should they be posting media or pictures of themselves? I like to say that I should see you at least three to five of those times in your feed in your top nine. Now that doesn't mean it's a headshot. It just means that there's an element of yourself that is there. It might be your hand on a basket that, you know, again, going back to, I don't know who this fake person is, Bridget, going back to Bridget, she's gardening, her hand is holding her shears. You know, there's, there's an element of human that is in that top nine that we can see three to five times. If you want to be on television, you are the brand. Everything you do is the lens around you. So if you're resistant to this idea of showing yourself, then you're probably going to struggle with getting all the way to that 
holy grail goal of getting yourself on television because television is a visual medium. And we connect with and show up for, uh, from a ratings perspective, to people that we know. We know about them. We know of them. We feel who they are. You know, a lot of interior designers are like everyone else in every industry. They do a great job of telling us who they are. But the people that really connect make us feel who they are. Oh, I love that. So you need to find a way to help me feel you if you want for me to show up for you in the way that I would someone who I'm going to buy their products. I'm going to watch their TV show. I'm going to buy their books. I need to feel you if you want me to show up in those ways. That is absolutely true. You want people to actually feel and to, to buy into what you're all about and to, to have a vested interest in you know, that feel good quality of following you. So if you have, so you have someone who's a designer, say we have that nine grid down, we have a pretty good sense of what the designer is, but going back to the, the resume analogy, what kind of portfolio are they, are, are we looking for, for any kind of television follow? How important is that? How important is numbers in social media or YouTube channels or, or that kind of? situation there? How how important are metrics? I think metrics are hugely important. They're not everything. It is the number one question that we get asked by casting directors or producers going out there to pitch clients. You know, they'll say to us, what's their social following? What's their social feed look like? And so if someone has, say, 5,000 followers or three or two, but their feed really sells who they are and makes them stand out in a way that they feel different or more defined to a casting person. It's not going to matter as much that they don't have that following. Whereas opposed to if someone has a hundred thousand followers, but then their feed looks totally generic, that also isn't helping them. So it really is in everything is we all on this, on this, in this conversation, we're, we're marketers, we're producers, we're content creators. Content is king. Character is queen forever shall they reign. (laughs) And it's the same in television. You know, your Instagram is a perfect place for you to marry those two things, for you to create what feels interesting and relevant from a content perspective to your business and to show us your character of who you are. Are you funny? Are you stylish? You know, are you an overworked mom? We want to see all those different facets, not just the perfection of what you're showing us, sort of this idealized version of yourself, but the true versions of yourself that make you human. Those are always our favorite characters on television. And I say characters because you are always presenting a heightened authenticity. Yeah, we call it curated authenticity for sure. Mm -hmm. And so you're still you but you are heightening what you're presenting in order for the camera to pick up on your energy and your intention. And that's just the truth because they're going to film a lot of footage of you. They're going to edit it down. And if in every soundbite you're monotone, because that's just when they captured you, you're going to come across feeling like "Mm, sad Sally. (laughs) But if you had an awareness of your heightened authenticity, then you're going to amplify in certain ways. And that is only going to draw the audience in further. I think it's the same on social, right? Heightened authenticity draws people in. I have a quick question for you, Kristen. What wins out, stylish or funny? I'm asking for a friend. (laughs) I feel like funny wins out more. For sure. Uh, Okay, good. That's good to know. Okay, so 
<laughs> All right. In the interior design industry, for those interior designers that have been around for quite a while, I know and I've seen it, and this isn't true for all the designers, but I'm sure you've seen it as well, a lot of the very successful, famous interior design stars tend to catch a lot of shade (laughs) from some of their peers out in design worlds. Oh, they're just decorators. They're not really interior designers. Or that's just, you know, that's just smoke and mirrors. What do you say to that? Because I'm sure that these people have worked their butts off to create their reputation and their skills to get to that point is how how true or untrue is that statement? I'm going to take a page right from my mom in sixth grade when I came home and said everyone made fun of my sweater. And my mom said, they're just (laughs) jealous of you. That's it summed up in one line. Anyone who's throwing shade, you are striking a nerve with them and you are threatening them in some way. And that is then a fear creeps in and their reaction is to cut down. And so I just am a firm believer of you keeping you, you know, you keep doing you, you keep hustling, you keep your eyes on your own paper. And in the design industry, there is definitely this stance of, well, I'm a real decorator. And that person is just an Instagram decorator. Right, exactly. That Instagram decorator still works his or her butt off and still hustles after every client and is getting paid X number of thousands of dollars to post. Maybe you should stop being green with envy and start putting your focus on how you could get a little bit closer to that or just let it go and you be whatever you think you're going to be and you let them be what they're going to be. And do that to the best of your ability. Yes, absolutely. But I think there's so much judgment. You know, I look, my favorite thing is when designers will say, you know, I'm not snobby. I'm not that kind of designer. And you normally don't have to qualify what you are or aren't. People <laughs> can just feel it again, going back to the warm, fuzzy, feel the feelings talk. And so if you're having to qualify what you are or aren't, chances are you probably are a little bit judgmental. And that's why you're qualifying that. And so that reveals itself in these other ways. Darla Jethro Powell. Yes, Natalie Andreff. Did you know that the article trade team is made up of industry professionals who understand what's important to design businesses? I do, because as an interior decorator for Darla Powell Interiors, we have ordered article products for our projects, and that was the experience I received. And as a project manager, from the product support that I get for invoicing and all the other support, they're amazing. They make it very, very, very easy for us to do our job. They absolutely do. And you guys, they do have a trade program. So be sure to run on over to wingnut.article.com. That's wingnut.article.com. So what can an interior designer expect to gain if they're on television? I mean, brand partnerships, diversified income. What do they have going on there? What do they have to look forward to? I mean, obviously fame might come along with it, but where where else <laughs> could think? they, where, you know, how could they better themselves? I mean, really, I mean, it, it obviously if it's their end goal, but then how, how can they make themselves better? Is it worth better? it? Yeah. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? I mean, it depends on what your, what your heart song is. If your desire is to reach that broader audience and to build your goals toward relationships and integrations and endorsement work, you're probably going to need a larger platform for a lot of that. And so television is the portal to making that happen. It also is really fun. I've done a hundred plus makeovers and it is amazing to watch someone's life changed in their entire 
home world rise up in a new way. When chefs go on television and they cook a great meal, it's lovely and everyone's going to have this memory, but their life is not changed. In makeover television, their lives are changed. And that's really powerful. And it feels really amazing to watch someone lose their mind when they walk into a home that they was falling down around them or, or was a bit of a fixer upper that they couldn't get their arms around. And to know that that whole family now is going to have a different life and different experience based on what you helped create. That's really powerful. You know, there is the fame thing, but I have to say this idea that you go on television and you get rich and famous really is folklore at this this point. There's so many different channels that people are watching. There's so many different shows. The road to get there is way longer than what you would think. We just were in development on a show for a year and a half. And ultimately the network said, eh, you know, we changed our mind. We're not going to do it. And so that's a year and a half of the talent's life that they were treading water. So it's frustrating and it is challenging. And it's like anything, failures upon failures until it's not, you know, when you hang in there long enough and then your life changes potentially. And then you're also changing life through the design work you do. So there's some pretty big payoffs to the design side. I don't know quite if, you know, the folks on Honey Boo Boo or, or those <laughs> that side of reality television feel that payoff, but certainly in design television, it has that ability to really lift you up along with the projects that you're doing. So it's like that same satisfaction with a, a basically broader audience because we get that from our design clients because we are changing their lives. But to be able to not only change that for the clients on television, but to show people at home how they can maybe achieve the same thing in their house, it's to make it attainable. Natalie and I have, were approached for a, a television show from a producer, but it did the same thing. It was like, oh, never mind. But I have heard that if you do sign on with some of these companies – that you are indebted to them for like five years and you, everything you do has to be run through them, that they basically own you for at least that amount of time. How, how true is that? Everything in life comes down to the deal that you make. There are a lot of people that will sign that release right when it comes across. And I cringe every time because <laughs> it's never the deal that you should be signing. And, you know, obviously any show that's going to actually get on air, there's going to be restrictions. There's going to be, hey, we're going to invest all this time and money in you. And then suddenly you're just going to jump ship. I mean, it's a contract and they want to know that they have a relationship with you and that that you're going to create those tethers to them. But that's why you need someone who does what we do and or or someone that is an agent that can actually advise you. Here's the terms that you should sign on to. Here's the things that we can talk them out of. Here's the things that we should avoid. Nice. Because you're correct. Some of these are, hey, we're going to own you in all television. You're going to have to come to us if you want to even create your own YouTube channel. Right. It's pretty far reaching. And it's pretty absurd, I have to say. You know, you think about there's an actor's union and when actors are cast for a show like Modern Family. It's like they're going to offer you the part and then you're going to get a contract and you're going to know what you're getting paid. You're going to know how it's going to work. And it's still very rocky of whether or not it'll take off and if it's going to be like friends money at the end of it. But you have more ability to understand and do other types of roles along the way. And in reality, these Production companies are like, we want to own you in all television. You need to sign this now. We're also giving this to 25 other people. You may not be cast, but we're still going to hold you. It's pretty challenging. 
So if we get a call like that again, would your advice be to call all Moxie and uh, hook up with you for that first meeting with the producer? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because we, I, I tell you what, I was scared to death. And um, we totally messed up that interview. <laughs> but if they had said, hey, we're signing you, we'd like to have you on the show, $5, I would have said yes. <laughs> That's a dollar a year. That's yeah, a- <laughs> that would be, you know, we'd be in the poorhouse, Darla. What do you wish people would know about television that they don't know? I think the main thing I wish that they would know is, one, it's never the straight line that you think that it will be. Rarely is it that someone's going to make their money in television. You know, yes, there is that holy grail of we're now Duck Dynasty and we're bringing in all this cash and we're getting paid X, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars an episode and they're buying 26 episodes. That's not really where the money is made unless you reach multiple seasons. The money really is made in the way that you can go out in the world and create endorsement opportunities, create other platforms, sell books, create more content that you can monetize. That's the way that you need to think about it as a businesswoman. This idea of I just get cast or businessman, this idea that I just get cast and now I'm going to be famous and rich is not accurate. So really, if you think of it as a tool to leverage to do some of these other things to a more effective level, making it like a synergistic whole, that would be the main benefit, at least in the beginning stages until you're fixer upper. Correct. All right, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of it like that. And I know that Darla just said that, you know, next time anybody calls us that we have to call you first, but... <laughs> Will there know, be a next time? <laughs> probably not. <Darla. laughs> so <laughs> designers that get calls from scouts, you know, to see if they're a good fit, is this a viable way to get on television? I would say yes, especially right now, because of the fact that the the challenge with doing a hold agreement is the production company puts you in the hold for, say, nine months to a year. And then they're constantly getting work, though, from the network that keeps them paying their rent and paying their salaries. And so suddenly the show that they just want to develop around you may get pushed further and further and further out because they're now been assigned three shows that they need to go and do. And so it can make your road even longer to just do a template hold agreement with a production company. We actually have reversed and and like to know, is this a show that's actually been picked up? Because when you look at networks like HG, they tend to take a long time to decide what's going to work for them. Even then they'll, they'll anoint an act one, which is you shoot something shorter, then maybe they'll anoint a pilot, then maybe they'll air that six months down the road. And mind you, this whole process has taken you a year to even get this far, then it's going to air six months down the road. And then if it carves out any sort of an audience, then maybe they'll anoint it for eight episodes, that could be two to three years of your life. As opposed to a show that they know that they want and they are actively casting and they've already purchased, then they know this is going to air and this is what it's going to be. It can be a more secure pathway for you to get on television. The real challenge point is for you to just ask the right questions, seek out the right information and sign the deal when and as appropriate to make sure, is this really something that's being cast? How many people am I going up against? You know, I hear from a lot of people like, well, I've been scouted as talent multiple times. People really want me on television. (laughs) Uh, They're going to tell that to a hundred people that day. Yeah. 
We didn't ask any of these questions. Oh, no. <laughs> we didn't know anything. In fact, we were completely I, in the dark. I forget the name of the production company. But no clue. He, he was actually eating lunch the whole time we were interviewing. <laughs> it, it was a little, yeah, it was a little bit of a knockdown in the, uh, the, the ego peg there. Before we get into the What Up Wingnut round, Natalie, do you have any further questions for Kristen Gisa? No, I know the next time you have just have to call her. That's what I've learned. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't think we won't. You know, and that's, I'd say, there's a lot of designers in the audience listening who have gotten that call. Yeah, there really are. I know. I know several. Uh, it's still amazing and still a road marker on your journey of you're getting noticed. Keep yeah, exactly. It bigger, you know, keep doing more and of that and and leaning into that. If that's your goal, that's a, it's a good thing. I don't want it to sound completely like I'm saying, oh, dismiss. You're one of many like, uh, you know, <laughs> but also temper in industry like television I always say that you have two sides of yourself, right? You have your ego side and you have your economy side. Your economy side is these are the smart choices I'm making to make more money and achieve my dreams and take care of my family and get the house and, you know, build something. Economy side of you is building. Your ego side is taking away. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy for you to enter into your ego space when you get that call. And all of those emotions creep in and you start to behave differently or think differently. When you get that call, you need to be rooted in your economy side. You need to say, this is lovely. What does this mean for me? This is amazing. How can I monetize this? You have to really stay on your economy side and not succumb to the ego side. And it's very hard to do. I realize that. But that truly, I think, is the best advice that you could have. It's like, think every time you have a thought, think like, who's talking to me? Is it the economy side of Kristen or is it the ego side of Kristen? And that can help keep you rooted on the clear path ahead. I definitely had the ego side talking to me during that thing. And you know what? I, I get so nervous and I get such anxiety on those. Th- I'm just going to call you. I forget it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a great piece of advice to end that on before we get into the What Up Wingnut round. Are you ready? Of course. Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. If you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? I would be a silver birch tree because it's all three things that I love. I'm obsessed with huge silver jewelry. I write, I wrote my own book, Unverified, my rom-com, and they say you can write on the bark of a birch tree. And in folklore, it's said that birch trees are pioneer trees. I remember my grandfather telling me this because whenever anything goes wrong, they're the first to populate back. And I want to think I'm a badass pioneer. So I'm going to go that route. I love it. I don't think we've had that one before, Nat. No, not at all. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? It would probably be you get what you fear because I say it a hundred times a week to different people. I am an optimist, like beyond optimism. One of my clients told me that I was like the clown that you punch in the face that always (laughs) pops back up like that kid's toy because you just can't get me down. But having said that, I believe that you get what you fear. And so if your head voice is like, I got this, it's fine. It's all going to work out. But your solar plexus is saying it's falling apart and life is crumbling and I'm going to die alone under a pile of cats and kimonos, then that's what's going to happen. And that's clearly my personal fear right now. So I'm really trying to get that energy high and tight. You know, I, I have to admit, I'm a little guilty of that, like mind over matter in attracting that. Like sometimes, yeah, I got this, I got this. But in my inner anxiety is like, do I got this? So that's something I could work on too. Cats and kimonos. <laughs> <laughs> 
If you were a golden girl, which golden girl would you be? I mean, please, I would be Dorothy beyond (laughs) inside and out every which way, like her acerbic sense of humor, her giant earrings and her (laughs) drapey kimonos. Even I would have been Dorothy even at nine. (laughs) When I watched it with my mom, I was like, I like her outfits. My mom's like, you're going to have a long life ahead of you if this is what your fashion icon is, is Dorothy from Golden Girls. But she still holds up for me. I still am idolizing her shoulder pads and her drapey schmatas. So I'm here for it. Drapey schmatas. Last but not least, please recommend a book that has had a profound effect on you either personally or professionally. I think I'm going to go with the classic just because I've, I come back to it and, and I am this of thinking your way towards success. Think and grow rich just always has so many tenets of creating that brain trust of power. And vibrating at it every day. And that's Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I have read that book and, you know, it's been a while though. I always listen to my books on audible.com. I, I don't, I never really read because I have ADD so bad. It's terrible. I guess I should have said my own book. Can I change my answer? <laughs> no, but you can certainly book? tell us, tell us about your book before we head out. Yeah. So that changed my life. I would say my book is Unverified, which is actually the book that I wrote. It made me an author. It's a rom-com. I always thought in my mind that I had uh, my Bridget Jones's diary and I hope I accomplished it. We have 300 four and five star reviews on wow. Goodreads and Great. Um, I'm super proud of it. Okay, that sounds amazing. Please tell the wing that's listening where they can find you on social and then we will say goodbye. You can find me at All Moxie. That's A-L-L-M-O-X-I-E. There you're going to get lots of talk about shoulder pads and my current home renovations. <laughs> so gear up for that. All right. That sounds nice. I love a good home renovation story. I will be tuning in. Kristen, thank you so much for joining us on the Wingnut Social Podcast and having a great sense of humor and, and relaying all that information for the future television stars out there in the audience. We, we really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Natalie Ann Giraffe. Yes, Darla Jethro Powell. Now I know what we did wrong during our interview. Absolutely everything. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. I'm serious. There is not one thing we did that wasn't wrong. Oh, I know. And I just, it's just so funny that, I don't know, I guess it kind of hit home for me today that just because someone calls you to be scouted and to be on TV, that's not the uh, end all be all. You guys better be financially successful and have a fallback plan because TV is not going to get you rich and famous. Well, plus if you're waiting a year and a half for something that may or may not happen. Almost two years, sometimes three, depending. And for something that can matter. Imagine the heartbreak there. Like, oh, I'm going to have my own HGTV show. And then it just never happens. Yeah, that would be tough. <gasps> emotionally. That would definitely be tough and emotionally draining. So make sure that you are solid in the space that you stand in before you accept stand any of this stuff. in the space where you live. You know what I really liked was when she was talking about the ego voice versus the, um, what was the other voice? Economic. Economic voice. Thank you. I was thinking semantic voice. And I'm like, wait, that doesn't sound right. Because my goodness. How hard is that to resist? Oh my gosh, I'm going to be on TV. You're basically just like, you know how you like to count your chickens before you hatch? (laughs) Before they hatch? (laughs) Like, I got my own TV show. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. It's hard. It's like Christmas. It's really hard not to get excited and to think clearly through that. You get the cart ahead of the horse. Yeah, I tell you. Oh, very Ah, Amishly said. Yes, thank you. I'm totally giving her a call. Should that ever happen again in the unlikely event? (laughs) All right. You don't have anything to worry about, darling. (laughs) All right. So guys, that is something that you aspire to be. And you know, I did forget to say, 
you know, people that aren't comfortable putting their faces and themselves in video on social media probably don't have that end goal. No, (laughs) don't be too hard on yourself. Not everybody's alike. Everybody has different goals, different Mm -hmm. values, and and that's what makes the world go round. But if you want to get on TV, Mm -hmm. those first nine squares, pay attention. (laughs) It's like Hollywood squares. I'll take the center square for HGTV. And don't forget that Abby McCollum, the vice president of HGTV, she said that if you put the hashtags in there for those venues you want to be a part of, they're actually real human carbon-based life forms looking through those hashtags. They are. Absolutely. Discovering new people. So don't forget that. Okay, guys, don't forget to come visit us at our webinar on June 25th with me and the amazing Shana Heinrichy talking all about how to become a social media influencer. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to leave us a review on whatever you're listening to this on. Tell your friends, what the hell, tell your enemies and check us out at Wingnut Social on all the social channels. And I think that's it for today. Matt, you got anything else? Nope. So long. See you. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next week for more business and marketing info and insightful interviews with industry experts and design superstars. Can't wait? Then head on over to wingnutsocial.com for more great content to help you get your business to the next level. But you can also go to Darla. You can also go to Darla. Darla's going to tell you. <laughs> Just show up at my front door and I'll give you the, the skinny. <laughs> yeah, not funny. Yeah, let's cut that out. Well, it was hilarious. <laughs> For you. Uh, yeah, okay, never mind. And um, where was I going to go with that? Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, so Carrie, edit that out. And oh, I'm going to do my Darth Vader impersonation. Ready? This is pretty good. I've been getting requests for this since I was a kid because it's pretty good. Okay, here we go. Ready? That's pretty good. That's pretty good, man. No robots were harmed in the making of that. Good boy, Mango.